Hi, everyone, and welcome to the new and improved Citizen Hank. I am not Jory, but you are, I think is how that works. Um, you're all Jory, and don't <laughs> let anyone ever tell you otherwise. <laughs> this is the show-swapped version of Citizen Hank, so I think I live in the upside-down Bizarro universe. Uh, but I'm Andrew. I am here uh, to bring you Citizen Hank, colon, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, Jory has done a good job of trying to tell you all that the way to understand American life is by understanding a sitcom about a man named Hank. Jory is right. What he doesn't know is that he has the wrong Hank attached. So what I need you all to do, I know that you've all gone out, bought all the box sets, bought all the DVDs, um, even the random Japanese ones that... People claim are better than the dub version in Japan. I don't really know. Um, I'll let you all get into that argument. I need you to throw all those in the trash uh, because we are here to talk about the actual Hank that matters, Hank Venture. I'm here to introduce you all to the Venture Bros by giving you the best episode to start with, which is season one, episode seven, Ghosts of the Sargasso. But I can't do it alone, and so I'd like to introduce you all my guests. So, uh, if we could take it from the top, I'm joined by Kat. Hi, I'm Kat. I use they, them pronouns, and this is my favorite episode, possibly of anything ever. I'm joined by Marn. Hi, I'm Marn. I use she, her pronouns, and I've watched The Venture Brothers, I think, probably, like, four times all the way through. And I am joined by Chris. I'm Chris. I use he, him pronouns, and I hate Hank Venture. <laughs> no. <laughs> However, he is the actual real life embodiment of Dean Venture, which is part of the problem. <laughs> See, much like Dean, I am a sensitive little dweeb. I love Spider-Man and I might have a bladder infection because I get up five times a night to pee. <laughs> but that's part of why I hate the character so much because I relate a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. I am the oldest sibling. I have a younger brother, but I grew up bullied by my younger brother and Hank reminds Dean reminds me of me too much and Hank reminds me of my brother too much and in my humble opinion Hank Venture is very often not really in this episode very much so my whole rant is kind of like not going to matter much here but I'm going to get it out anyway because <laughs> I have the platform he is the kind of character that is like so mean and shitty that it's not even funny it's just like i just don't like him I, I i i my heart and head view him like he's a real person that i don't get along with at school it's like he's just mean i don't like being around him or spending time with him but mostly it's because he reminds me of my of being bullied by my own brother growing up <laughs> i absolutely disagree i think hank is wonderful and, yeah. and beautifully disconnected from reality in in a way that makes him uh a very unique individual but Hank Venture is, is a child that is uh, born and shaped by parental disillusionment and a weird obsession with pop culture that doesn't belong to him. The pop culture Hank knows is the pop culture of his father. And I think that that is where a lot of millennials and Gen Z find themselves in the world today, where we all get to grow up in the still 80s nostalgia. Uh, we all grew up in the 80s, right? Y'all remember the 80s? Handed down nostalgia is why I listen to Weezer. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that this handed down nostalgia is important to Hank, and it's what we go through uh, today. I don't think that it necessarily even was the case when this show first came out, because uh, that was like 12 years ago, which you can tell by the fact that it's on season seven. Weird how that works. I think Hank Venture is the most important character in pop culture today. Uh, so yeah. I bring you Citizen Hank Venture. This came out in 2004, <laughs> by the way. Uh, yeah, 2004. Actually, so, this episode came out on 9-11-2004. It sure did. Oh my god. Uh, 2004, we're in 2021. This episode is, what, 16 years old? Yep. This episode's older than Hank. Whoa, wow, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, this episode's... Okay, I have a story about how this episode starts. I... I before... Sorry, before we get into That's that, okay. I, I, I want to make... A, I just want to say something before we start digging into the actual episode itself. I want to tell the audience, uh, this episode, I think, is the best introduction to the Venture Brothers. If the Venture Brothers is something that you think you might be interested in, this is a really good episode to check out. I think that it really uh, shows all the characters pretty well. It gives you an interesting, fun story about them, and it avoids some of the show's weaker elements and stuff yeah. that is uh, rightly problematic, especially viewed with the lens of it being a 16-year-old show. 
I think a lot of those kind of get uh, they're not in they're not present in this episode. So I think this is a good one to go in and judge tone for the show. If you watch it and enjoy it, I think there's a chance you like the show. If you watch this and you don't enjoy it, you're not going to like the show. Uh, so that's why I think this one's a great one. Yeah. And just like a fair warning, a couple of warnings, actually. One, if you do like the show, as Andrew alluded to, be warned. It, it, it There's many parts of it that definitely do not age well. Like, yes. I wish I could like exemplify them for you to give you like a fair warning, but there's it's a seven season show, so it's too much to cover. But it was on Adult Swim when we were growing up. That should be probably enough of an explanation. Yeah. Of the kind of stuff you might run into. But yeah, absolutely. When it shines, it shines really bright. When it doesn't, it it bombs really hard. Um, also, if you want to watch this episode, you might want to watch it before you listen to it, because I guarantee we're going to mm-hmm. ruin all of the jokes. And it's <laughs> <Yes>. so funny. <laughs> it is a shame that the show peaked seven episodes in. You don't, you don't typically want that for your television show. Yeah, the, the general content warning I would give is uh, for the show as a whole, not necessarily present in this episode, but for the rest of the show as a whole. Just a, a heads up for general um, transphobia and some homophobia, especially in the earlier seasons. One of the one of the things about the show that's very odd is that uh, it is helmed by uh, two creators who have a very strong amount of control over it. And as such, it takes a lot of time for episodes to come out. They were very lucky that the executive of Adult Swim loved the show and just kind of gave them a blank check to do what they wanted with the show, which is why it took like four years between seasons. This is season one of a seven season show. It came out 16 years ago. That's something you don't typically for a show that was canceled this year. (laughs) That's not something you see every day. Yeah, it's really on BBC time. Exactly. It's on BBC time. If you're looking for a content warning of the shows, of of what you might find in earlier seasons, the first seasons came out in early 2000s, and then sat for like three years, and then season two came out. And so over time, I feel like the creators fell out of a lot of their bad habits, but it does take that time to do so as a show from the early 2000s. Can I tell my story? With that being said, it's great. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. So the beginning of this episode is, in my opinion fucking hysterical where it is a guy major tom and his spaceship is crashing into the bermuda triangle but it's this guy you know it's like it does the whole space oddity bit of the my favorite part of it is the tell my wife i love her very much she knows and, uh, <laughs> so i watched this with an ex like it was the first episode that you know i was like hey this show's great watch this watch this one and he thought it was, like, funny, but then I realized, I was looking at him, I'm like, do you not understand the reference? And he was like, no. And then I found out that he had never heard Space Oddity before. And then I played it for him, thinking, it's just one of those things that, like, when you hear it, like, you're gonna know it. Mm-hmm. He did not know it. So, like, oh he God. went through the whole thing not understanding the joke at all. I mean, I didn't get it either. I also <laughs> had didn't, you know, the song. Yeah, I wasn't going to call you out on that one because you already <laughs> accused me of calling you out too much today. So the episode opens on a yeah, it's a scene where uh, a bunch of people are watching a spaceship crash and Jonas Venture Sr. is talking to uh, Major Tom, uh, his space captain friend, and they're directly quoting the David Bowie songs Ashes to Ashes, which is about a character named the Action Man and Space Oddity, which is uh, ground control talking to Major Tom. And the dialogue in this scene is ripped directly from both of these songs. In Ashes to Ashes, it says they've got a message from the act- from the action man. I'm happy. Hope you're happy, too. I've loved all I've needed. And then in Space Oddity, they say, and I think my spaceship knows which way to go. Tell my wife I love her so much. She knows. Ground control to Major Tom. Your circuit's dead. There's something wrong. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Can you hear me, Major Tom? And they just repeat that as dialogue in this scene. The Venture Bros, if there's something you don't understand in a scene, just understand that it is a reference to a very obscure piece of pop culture. Um, or in that this isn't case, even really a joke. <laughs> I think that Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie is obscure. This one's got a weird double layer to it. 
Where everyone's like, know. yeah, it's Space Oddity, but Ashes to Ashes? Who knew that one was in there? My vi- my standpoint is skewed. I listen to a lot of that <laughs> kind of music, so I'm just like, yeah. But whatever, it's good. It's it. The first time I watched, well, I watched this show growing up. I mean, I watched it when it was coming out. And I just remember the first time rewatching it and just being like, this is the funniest shit that has ever happened. <laughs> I love a good yeah. illusion. I guess, what is what is your experience with the Venture Bros going into this? Because I watched it starting in college. I watched the first, I think, four seasons, and then I caught seasons five, six, and seven as they aired. My brother is five years older than I am, so I watched whatever he was watching. So sure. I was watching this at the same time I was watching like Space Ghost Coast to Coast and like other shit, you know, like so Okay. I watched it literally as it was coming out as a kid. Cool. I watched I think I started watching it right before season four came out. I might be wrong about that. Hold on. But uh I basically started watching it because I had a friend in high school who would just like I would go over his house to hang out and he would just like sit me down in front of various tv shows and be like hey watch this you'll like it he sat me down in front of invisible hand of fate which is like a bonkers episode to start someone on the venture bros part part of the reason i like giving this episode as a starter episode is because it's the exact opposite of the invisible hand of fate yeah (laughs) which is a very lore heavy episode about like six different characters backstories at the same time yeah and then and i i I finished i think the first three seasons right before uh season four started coming out so i watched season four like in real time as it was coming out okay chris i i grew up watching adult swim and this was a show that i changed the channel away from when it would be on Mm -hmm. Um, uh, same honestly I actually I started watching this a long time ago though uh, the beginning of quarantine <laughs> Kat showed it to me honestly a lot of my memories of this show are blurred because I have found for me the best way to watch this show is incredibly high sunken into the couch like those drug commercials <laughs> so well, how far did we get I don't know like do you know season Kat, 3 like, okay so okay, we watched way more than I thought <laughs> I guess those <laughs> that Skymint is, is good um but uh, yeah, I I still have like the the babyest little toe in the waters of the Venture Bros. I feel like, but um, I have at least found like the the situation for me to like enjoy it. I don't necessarily think I'm ever gonna be like a an avid watcher, but as like a a hangout on the couch kind of night weekend, like perhaps indulging in some 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 sort of substance. Uh, pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good time. Well, hell yeah, uh, you'll enjoy it when our our new podcast uh. Uh, go team venture comes out martin and i've been threatening each other to start a venture bros rewatch podcast for years now how many episodes can i pop in for <laughs> watching this episode for to record this has gotten Alyssa and i to start rewatching venture bros again hell okay. yeah there's one fault with this episode um as an introduction and that's that you don't get to get introduced to the monarch in it yeah, uh, the monarch or, is good. I like him. Or helper. Helper's my big problem. I I, I want that little beefy yeah. robot friend to so show up. My episode that I usually start people with the Venture Bros on is either um Trial of the Monarch or the one where him and Doctor Girlfriend are like having their backstories explained to them <laughs> by the guild. Yeah, I like this is always the one I start with, but they're like. They're definitely so good. But I, I love the monarch so much. And I always want to show people him. But I, I guess I never really thought about which is the best episode to introduce him in. <laughs> Where? Because it gets lore heavy uh-huh. so fast. So mm-hmm. that it's like. Yeah, with his thing, it's like he, his first intro, he gives like who he is and why he is. Not why he is the way he is, but like what his deal is uh but it's not like the best episode to show people to introduce so it's like maybe midlife chrysalis might be the best one if i had to show someone one to introduce him because showing rusty turning into a big old bug is very funny yeah i what what is the one where they like they're like talking about like adopting the boys it might be the first time he's introduced i'm not sure oh actually i think the best one to show to introduce uh him is the one with the uh the testicular torsion episode. Oh my god. I don't remember the name of it, but uh what's the name of that episode? Anyone listening to this is like, cool, thanks for just telling us names <laughs> of episodes. Yeah, watch Are You There God? It's me, Dean. Uh that one's really good too. Um <laughs> So anyway. We're not here talking about those. We're talking about Ghosts of the Sargasso. Yeah, so basically 
in that time period, he the D- Daddy Venture Senior had made Flying Saucer that now Daddy Venture Junior is. Well, I should stop calling them that. I don't want to call Rusty Daddy. <laughs> um. So Doctor Venture is like, "Hey, we're gonna go find my dad's failed project. So I, Rusty, will have all the fame." And like he's talking into his little like. Uh, recorder and it's very obvious that he's just in this for like an ego trip um, as he is for everything and the money he he wants to find uh and money the, the money that he would get from i guess stripping this uh spaceship for parts uh his dad never yeah. returned to the project out of respect for the dead rusty has none of that he's a, a little shriveled bug of a man who's ready to uh just eke out his father's fortune uh in any way that he can I will say, though, he does say about the thing, it's just sitting down there under 800 meters of pitch black liquid funeral. Like, he says it offhand and then records it. <laughs> it actually is a stellar line. Like, it's really good. <laughs> so they, they're going down there. Rusty had made this thing called a metasonic locator, which doesn't just use, like, sonic waves or whatever for sound. It also bounces time. It It turns back time, yeah, which is arguably more valuable than a... Uh spaceship right patent that asshole but anyway so he like goes you know they drop him down whatever and then they're like hanging out on the bermuda triangle um so that's now it's brock who for people who don't watch the show brock is a big bodyguard who watches over the very nerdy out of touch very naive boys the very loose premise of the show as a whole is If you know the show Johnny Test, which is about a young boy who has an adventurer dad and their bodyguard. I was just about to say you totally. (laughs) Did I say Johnny Test? You did. Did I say Johnny Test? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Shit. Uh, So Johnny Quest. I was just looking it up to make sure I wasn't the one who was wrong here. (laughs) Johnny Quest is an old cartoon about a young kid who goes on adventures with his dad and his dad's bodyguard, who's a super scientist. Basically. This series is about what happens when Johnny Johnny Quest grows up and is just like a A shitty piece of shit who has a bodyguard of his own and his own kids, but doesn't really care about the adventuring like his dad did. And is just in it for the money and in it because I guess that's what I do. I'm a super scientist like my dad, technically. Or care about his kids or care about anyone other than himself. Yes, he's a he's a, a gross, selfish, shriveled little man. His bodyguard is Brock Sampson, uh, who is voiced by Patrick Warburton, and, and is that's like, all you need to know. Yeah, uh, just a, 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 a someone in a different episode describes him as quarter Swedish, quarter Polish, quarter Winnebago, or something like that. Military man who will like doesn't need a gun; he has a knife for that. And then his two beautiful, dumb children, Hank and Dean, uh, two wonderful twins who are the dumbest pile of rocks on the planet. And now they go on adventures. They're like on the ship hanging out and things are going okay. And then all of a sudden they see a pirate ship that, uh, well, Rock (laughs) sees this pirate ship. And so he goes to check it out. Meanwhile, this- uh, I was going to say, the- to me, the most important thing about this episode, because we are focusing on Hank Venture, uh, is what I'm pretending the premise of this show is, and why Jory let me do this. But uh, as they're lowering Dr. Venture, Hank uh, messes up the controls. Uh, the the little robot suit that, ha- that uh, Rusty's going down in starts to fall. Brock grabs it with his hands, and the rope gives him rope burns on his oh, hands. Yeah. He can no longer important. use his hands in this episode. And then uh, Rusty is now going down to the ocean to walk along. And then, yeah, uh, everyone's back at the ship. They're hanging out. Suddenly, a pirate ship appears on the horizon out of the mists. Yeah. Uh, like a ghost pirate ship. Oh, ooh, ghost pirate. And then, ooh, oh, no, a ghost pirate <laughs> appears in front of Dean. A super real, very obviously completely real ghost pirate <laughs> shows up. And Dean is... <laughs> absolutely frightened by it because dean is a sweet sweet summer child but then it cuts to brock who is just kicking this guy's ass and these other like pirates who are just not like just watching like oh should we go save him and he's like i can't do the accent just like the you crazy (laughs) my sword my sword's made of cardboard my sword's (laughs) made of cardboard (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, the the basically uh Scooby-Doo villain ghost pirates take over this ship. A bunch of guys pretending to be ghost pirates. Uh, but what they don't expect is that Brock Sampson is a murder machine and just starts killing goons. Along the way, he just like snaps the neck of the ghost pirate from the projection uh and starts uh knocking heads together until a pirate captain takes Dean hostage. Thinking that Brock is his father. Yes. He's like, oh, like, hold off or else I'll show your dad what your child is made of. I mean, what he's really made of. Not like a test of his metal. I mean, I'm gonna... (laughs) He's like, no, I got it the first time. You're gonna shoot him. I get it. (laughs) And then Dean, of course, is like, very clever indeed, but let me reveal to you, this man is no ghost. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, goes, and the pirate captain's just like yeah no fucking shit kid <laughs> he's but, laying and, there dead on the ground we get it yeah, yeah and then we get one of my one of my first early favorite lines in this absolutely quote heavy episode the if you played by the rules the ghost pirate, the ghost rules, pirate rules and just <laughs> ran away none of this would happen but no you had to go nuts and kill a guy <laughs> so then they like take Brock to the brig yeah so i i part of the thing i love about this episode and the series as a whole is that like these guys are just scooby-doo villains yeah like the, the pirate captain uh gives kind of his spiel to dean of who they are and basically like they have an old boat that boat hasn't moved in like a decade so now they just pretend to be ghosts and rob boats that come nearby they recently like knocked off a uh like a, a toys r us shipment uh and stole a bunch of they've got like walkie talkies that are all like one of them's batman themed the other one is like a little girl's pink and sparkly one they've recently knocked over a uh a land's egg uh yeah land's egg it said yeah, land's uh, egg but it's yeah pantyhose which they you 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 realize all of them are wearing pantyhose uh just like as various accessories it's a very funny premise of just like yeah these guys that pretend to be ghost pirates they're just stuck in the bermuda triangle they can't get out so they're just attacking people yeah it keeps cutting back to rusty who's like just like on the ocean floor getting stuck and shit like not having a very good time um by the (laughs) way i have the i have the script up which is partially why I'm yeah, like, I have the wiki going. the wiki article pulled up. <laughs> yeah, I have transcripts.fandom.com slash wiki slash ghosts underscore of underscore the underscore sargassa. I'm <laughs> I'm at the same page. I typed it's that really, into. It's really convenient. So then it cuts to uh, a very great part where it's um Brock on they they all have these uh ri- the watches that they can talk to each other on. And so it cuts to Brock giving directions uh to Hank about He's like, you have to be my hands. And of course, if there was ever a time in your life I needed you not to be Hank, it's now. And then Hank <laughs> is being like, sorry, Brock. <laughs> I, I watch this episode often, and I still find myself laughing out loud uh, at different parts of this episode. When I was rewatching it for this rewatch, the joke that got me the most is in this scene where Brock is telling Hank, I need you to be my hands. You're my like, you're the bodyguard now. I need you to do this for me. And he goes, focus, Hank, whatever you do, don't light a cigarette. A good sniper can see a hot cherry for miles. And Hank (laughs) says, Brock, I don't smoke. And Brock says, good. It's a lousy time to start. And... Just the delivery on that line, I I lost it uh, sitting and Sam was like, what? And I was like, it's this joke. Uh, I've seen it a million times, but it gets me every time. Yeah, going a little out of order of how the scenes are, but basically he teaches him how he's like, okay, put your hand on your neck. You feel that? Yeah. That's your, that's like whatever. And you feel that? Yeah. That's your karate. That, like, he's grab like, it, yeah, press the foot. And he starts doing it to himself. He's like, let go of your own neck, Hank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, being, yeah, meanwhile, the pirate captain's hanging out with Dean. And then we get, and he's telling him, like, no, we don't want your stuff. We just want your ship. We're just trying to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, oh, you know, at first it's all fun. You set up the projector, turn on the fog machine, and everyone's like, oh, no, ghost pirates. But then we get one of my favorite jokes, which is the fucking... So he has this tattoo on his hand of like some flames, the pirate captain does, and Dean goes, Oh, hey, did that hurt? And the pirate captain goes, Not really. Here, lick your arm. I've got more in me pocket. <laughs> 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 
I've got more in me pocket. Yeah, the the thing you need to know, the pirate captain talks, oh, very much like a pirate captain from stuff. Uh, Very strong ghost pirate energy with the uh, pirate captain. Truly the timing and delivery by the voice actors of these lines is what makes Venture Bros so great. So the 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 weirdest thing about Venture Bros is that it's like ninety percent just Doc Hammer and Jackson Public. Jackson Public voices Hank Venture, the pirate captain, the action man, and Major Tom's ghost, who are my favorite characters in this episode. Spoiler alert: there is an actual ghost of the ghost of the Sargasso as well. So yeah, uh, he voices the pirate captain and just does a bang up job. Uh, he voices the action man and Hank Venture, which is uh, wild that they do it at the same time. <laughs> I I didn't know until looking up uh, trivia for this episode. I didn't realize that Doctor Venture and Rusty Venture were also the same voice actor. Oh, I don't. It's uh, I don't James Urbaniak. Chris, what did Chris? What do you, what did you think? Have what have you thought so far? You've been a little quiet. I'm just letting you handle the 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 big Herculean task of the the recap. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I love the the whole concept of, like, in this episode, Brock can't use his hands, so this child is gonna have to, like, he's gonna teach his kid how to murder everyone is so uh-huh. fun. And, like, <laughs> the, the Scooby-Doo pirate shit is great. Like, I just love how immediately they, they drop the act. Like, they're still trying to get stuff out of them, but, like, the second the pirate guy's alone with Dean, instead of being threatened, he's like, come here and sit on my lap while I tell you the story. And, like, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to sit on your lap. He's like, okay, then I'll tell you from here. Like, just like... <laughs> All right, I'll still tell you, though. <laughs> yeah, like, he just, like, instantly, like, like the, the second that, like, you had to go and kill Steve, like, whatever, like, it's just, like, now they're just guys that are just weird. <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's fun. And how immediately they're just guys. Also, Chris told me earlier that the first time I showed him this episode, he was so high that when he heard the... The, wait, tell them what you said. Yeah, so the, with the tattoo joke bit, when he's like asking about the hand, he's like, did that hurt? And he goes, not really. I didn't catch that the joke was that it was a um, like a, a, a temporary tattoo. And still, with uh-huh. the delivery and the writing, even just the idea of, no, not really, was really, like, that made me laugh. <laughs> like, the joke that wasn't the joke made me laugh really hard. <laughs> the delivery is so funny. Like, it's so, so much good. of the delivery is just the tone and, like, in it's, like it's so fucking funny. This is this upcoming thing is uh, my favorite thing in this episode, which is um, I talk a big talk about liking uh, clever dialogue and witty banter and uh, just smart writing. Um, I talk a big talk about liking those kinds of things. But in reality, uh, the thing that I will find the funniest in a comedy is if there's just something screaming in the background randomly. Um, <laughs> Because a basically a light comes out of the ocean and this like zombie looking version of Major Tom shows up on the deck. Which was caused by the, the Metasonic locator because yeah. it hit it and it reversed time so this ghost appears. Yes. Uh, and it just it comes up and just. <laughs> just in the background. And then, like, the pirate captain's like, what was that? And then Dean's like, I'm not going to fall for a fake ghost twice. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the pirate captain's like, no, I'm serious. I I don't know what that was. And then Dean's like, yeah, right. I don't hear anything. He's like, I don't hear anything. And he's like, no, but you did, right? And just a creepy, a, a creepy pirate captain, just, like, desperate to make sure that someone else is hearing the ghost that he's hearing yelling from the deck, even though he's a dude that pretends to be a ghost, is just such a funny bit through this episode that I, it gets me every time that I watch it. I love hearing this guy freak out about the fact that there's a ghost here, while no one else believes him, even though they hear screaming coming from the deck. The, uh, the, it the just vocal, gets the, me every time. The particular vocal stylings of this ghost is also hilarious. And we're not quite to where you'd see it yet, but the pairing of the, the vocal delivery and the face of the ghost is really funny. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going <laughs> to throw also, this to the editors. Please remove our noises trying to make the scream <laughs> and just put no. in the scream from the episode if we can, because it's fantastic. <laughs> Or do include both. Also, so just, 
I know we already talked about Hank learning from Brock, but I forgot this great line that I'm looking at now that I'm looking at the script, which I think is really exemplary of how, like, the tone and why it's so funny, is it's Hank who's about to learn how to, like, take, like, kill or, like, incapacitate all these men, and he's like, okay, I see the pirates. I think they're drunk on rum. Because they're pirates. Like, <laughs> yeah. I found your knife. And he's just like this, like, he he's like 16, but he acts like he's like 12 at most. There's a part earlier, too, where he calls. So uh, in the near the beginning of the episode, when the ghost pirates first appear, Brock is sneaking up on a group. And uh, Hank and Brock have two wave radios on their wrist, which is how they're talking to one another. Hank starts talking to him as he's trying to sneak up and, like, distracts people. But Hank's very excited, and he goes, Brock, if pirates exist, that means that, like, oh, yeah. anything is oh, possible. Yeah. The Tooth Fairy could exist, Santa Claus could exist, and then Brock's just like, no one ever said pirates didn't exist, Hank. <laughs> and he's like, so you agree with me? Like, <laughs> You agree this is impossible. It's... He's such an excitable kid, and now he's being taught to kill by the world's greatest assassin. And it's and, wonderful. And it's good comedy. Rusty's just stuck at the bottom of the ocean. No one can hear him because everything's going to fucking shit tops. <laughs> yeah, Rusty gets very passive aggressive at a clam, uh, which he later learns does not like the taste of exploding robot legs. Rusty does a lot of nothing in this episode, and it's all very funny. As he just, like, almost drowns. <laughs> yeah. And then the pirate captain's like, okay, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. Where's the key? And Dean's like, I don't have it. I guess Brock might. And then realizes, which I thought was better than I expected out of Dean. Like, he realizes, oh shit, they think it's my dad. I shouldn't have said Brock. Which, honestly, I didn't think Dean was smart enough <laughs> to, to realize uh -huh. the ruse. Because Hank would not have. But, any, in my opinion. But so he's like, oh shit, and the pirate's like, who's Brock? And he's like, my dad's bodyguard. He's like, why would your dad have a bodyguard? The guy's a tank. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, uh, so then he like, like goes over to the guys back of the pirate ship, you know, he's like radioing to them on their Toys R Us radio, and he's like, the Toys hey. R Us joke got me and Alyssa really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The pirates all carry like pink walkie talkies, and they're like, "Yeah, we stole them from a Toys R Us ship." Uh -huh. I love the idea of a Toys R Us ship going through the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> it's how we got Furbies. So then they're like cut to Brock, who's still giving directions to Hank, and he's like, "Okay, then you snap, like telling him to snap his neck," and Hank's like, "And that'll knock him out." even more <laughs> <laughs> he's like no that'll kill him like do i have to like okay fine just tie him up and gag him i guess but if something happens you have to break his knees <laughs> i love the difference between brock bloodthirsty maniac and hank and dean sweet just sweet little boys uh-huh hey uh Especially hey chris hank. what happens next with brock you have been on nervous wrecks. You know that my least favorite part of these podcasts is doing the recap. Um, okay. <laughs> what I think happens next with Brock is the scene where the uh, some pirate goons come to get the, the key from him. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. How's that go? Well, <laughs> it's very tasteful. So what happens in this French New Wave art house show is the pirates come up to him. And they're like, give me the key. And he's like, it's up my ass. And this is a great delivery. This is a great exchange with the pirate guys. Where one of them was like, hey, all right, like, you do it. You check him. And he's like, what if he's lying? And he goes, if he was telling the truth, that would be better. So these, I want to, sorry, I want to interrupt real quick. Those two pirates are a perfect example of a thing that the Venture Bros writers do when they want to pat out a scene, which is where they go, we need an extra minute. How do we do this? Let's write two characters and then we will both voice one of them and then uh, we'll, they'll just talk at each other for a few minutes. And that's basically what these pirates do mm -hmm. as they're like interrogating Rock and trying to get stuff. It's get always stuff. so funny, though, because it always just adds some like weird levity to the situation. Uh -huh. It just makes it so absurd. Like, because it's like they're always just guys. Like, that's the funniest part about Venture Bros is how many of like these traditional villains or like traditional superheroes or whatever are just fucking guys. Yeah. They're just guys. Mm-hmm. 
Like, oh god, that's why I wish we had the monarch stuff because those are just the definition of just fucking guys. <laughs> just, just guys, guys. yeah. <laughs> the, the venture. Just what happens guys. to these guys, Chris? <laughs> While the one guy is digging his hand in Brock's ass to get the key, he mentions to another the other pirate that he would kill for his cigarette. He eventually like uses his ass to grab on and clench onto the guy's hand and arm and then swings him around into the other guy and uh takes them both out and then he's like i told you what i'd do for that cigarette because he because he killed him sorry i cut out for a second did you say that brock samson kills a man kills two men using his own ass i mean yeah i did okay okay cool (laughs) cat you can go back to recapping i just wanted to make sure yeah no i appreciate that i think that was really needed (laughs) to be from chris and not from me Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Yeah, so then meanwhile, Rusty is still down there. He got out of the clam, but now his locator is lost. He's like, yes, I realize the irony of that. But then, ho-ho, he finds it. He finds the thing, and he's like, oh, great, wonderful. I finally found the saucer. Meanwhile, we're back to the fucking pirate captain who's just like, ah, shit, this isn't supposed to happen. Like, oh, my God. And he is the ghost that's going on, and he just, like, hot wires the the boat like instantly and he's like oh shit that was easy (laughs) and dean's like wait what about my dad and the pirate captain still because his dad is below the ocean Mm -hmm. or on the ocean floor rather and then the pirate captain still thinking brock is his dad is like kid who do you think's the reason i'm hauling ass out of here (laughs) like he said he's scarier than and then the fucking ghost screech again. Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> That's yeah, we're not getting this across in the middle of this uh this recap. As we're talking, just imagine that there's a random ghost yelling in the background yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, um, editor, please just, put in perfect. random ghost sounds all the time in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> just for the ambiance. He's so funny. Anyway. Yeah, so then he's, like, just, so then it comes to Rusty, who's, like, just about to finally open this saucer. Things are finally working out for him, but then these, the fucking boat starts moving because the pirates have it. And so then he's just getting, like, caught, but he gets caught between rocks, which, of course, stops the ship. Which then, again, goes back to the pirate captain, who's very pirate captain-y and whatever, and he, like, hits his head, and he's, like, Oh my god, am I bleeding? <laughs> this guy, this big fire captain, and Dean's just like, it's a little red. <laughs> Which is just, I just love those little things. It's like, they're like, half of the jokes in these shows are like, they're like not subtle, but they're also very like subtle at the same time. I don't know how to describe it. It's just very like nonchalant humor. So then they realize, oh shit, you know, there's something going on. But then, like, the pirate captain realizes, oh fuck, all of my men are knocked out. I guess you weren't lying about that bodyguard. <laughs> They're all tied up with, like, bows. And I love that he sees, he sees Hank, and he's just like, yeah, that's the bodyguard. Like, <laughs> like, that's the funniest part to me, because, so the ghost then is finally revealed, and he's, like, there, and he has, like, he's in front of Hank, and Hank's all scared, and then, look, and then we get to Andrew's favorite line, I think, maybe, uh-huh. which I'll let you say, but my favorite part is he's, the pirate captain sees Hank, who looks like a fucking child, who looks, you know, like, he looks like, <laughs> I love that they even joke about that in the show, when, um, fucking what's her name and her friend are like, oh, who's Hank? Oh, that guy who dresses like Fred from Scooby-Doo? Yeah. <laughs> but he sees it as like, oh, I guess I'll go save your dad's bodyguard. Because <laughs> it's my favorite line, which is he goes, uh, you live by the ghost, you die by the ghost. <laughs> which is a phrase I say to myself a lot. <laughs> we skipped the line that, that Chris and I say all the time, which is when they finally see the real ghost, the pirate captain goes, God, what? That's... <laughs> Wow, no way! Wow, no way! Anytime we're watching a television show and something, like, surprising or, like, fake surprising happens, Chris and I are just like, wow, no way! (laughs) I think the first time we watched that, the first time I showed Chris that, we just, like, I was so worried because i was like if chris doesn't find this line funny because like i can't tell him ahead of time that this line is the funniest line to me in like anything ever but it's so funny and i'm like and if chris doesn't find it funny automatically i can't explain why it's funny it's not like a joke (laughs) i can explain (laughs) 
You just it's just find like, well, it. Chris, you didn't laugh at that. We're over. I need you to move you, out. Literally, like, like it's just it's just you find it hysterical because it's the best delivery of a line known to man, or you don't. And it is the line, "Wow, no way should not be as memorable as it is," <laughs> but it's the fucking best. Uh huh. So so then he the pirate jumps up on the back of the ghost and is like shittily trying to like beat it down and stop it and then he he like the thing's just still screaming and he's having no effect whatsoever so then it's still hanging on his shoulders and his back he just kind of shrugs which is one of my favorite bits <laughs> <laughs> yeah they realize the ghost is isn't like attacking it's just standing there screaming every once in a while it's like oh i guess he doesn't want to kill us and so then they call <laughs> They call Dr. Orpheus. Now, I'm trying to remember, Marn, do you love or hate Dr. Orpheus? Oh, I love Orpheus. He's one of my favorite characters. I remember uh-huh. you had strong feelings, but then I couldn't remember if they were positive or negative. <laughs> the easy thing about recapping a show like this is that everyone is a pastiche of someone else in pop culture. So you can just say, hey, if you don't know who that is, it's Dr. Strange. We're done. Yeah, yeah. they call like, Dr. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So they call Dr. Orpheus, who I will, who, as uh, Dean explains... To the fire captain. <laughs> well, he's a necromancer. He lives in my backyard. And he says backyard like that. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because I feel like in that moment, Dean realizes how insane their life seems to this pirate captain right now who stepped into a situation that was way more than he could handle or was expecting. Like, he was like, we were the ghost pirates. We were supposed to be the bizarre part of this. And then it comes yeah. to your ship and you have this deadly fucking bodyguard and, like, there's ghosts and, like, and your friends of the necromancer. He's just like, he's a necromancer. He lives in my backyard. But I love that Orpheus is also like, are you sure it's not just like a guy in a mask? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that we see so much of the scene from Orpheus's point of view Uh as he's on the phone. Um, We don't get like, it's not a back and forth. We just see him. That's just like, "Mm -hmm." I see. No, no, no. I I can hear it. And (laughs) just the way that he goes, no, I hear it is, is we we get to hear a ghost screaming without hearing the ghost screaming. It's perfect. Uh, And also just the, just the fucking, so then he like goes through and he like goes through all this stuff. He's like, okay, Hank, I found it. Like I went through your grandfather's records. My garage has piles of them. He's like, (laughs) a major Tom was tragically lost on that very spot in the 1960s. And he's like, and Hank's like, so what do I do? And then Dr. Orpheus just be like, oh, please, you've seen Ghost. The rest (laughs) is cake. (laughs) Do you have a pen to use as a magic wand? To use as a magic wand. To use as a pen, Hank. <laughs> That's like the most, like, honestly, if you had to explain Dean and Hank in like two lines, it would be, do you have a pen to use as a magic wand to use as a pen? Like, yeah, just, yeah, perfect. That's, that's Hank. So I good. love him. Orpheus is one of my favorite characters of the show because I love that he's like silly, but not incompetent. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he's not incompetent at all. We accidentally for a second turned on the, the episode he was introduced in, which wasn't that just like the episode right previous to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah. And just like even his very first entrance is just so ridiculous. Like just his like cute, like I love my daughter and I'm just here, whatever, combined with his just immense theatricality at all times is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Orpheus is like the only good dad on the show, I think. <laughs> I always think about He's that. Like, the, the monarch would be a better good dad to the boys. He should have adopted. Every time I get to the episode where he's like, where him and, which might be really early, but where him and Dr. Girlfriend are like discussing possibly just adopting and keeping the boys after they kidnap them and realize that Rusty doesn't give a shit. Uh-huh. Is like I'm always like, yeah, you should do that. That would be better. <laughs> At least they wouldn't be. Hey Joe, please cut all of that out. I want this to be a good entry point for new people. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> yeah. The next scene is one that, admittedly, the first time I watched this, it's not that I didn't think it was funny, but I think watching it now is like I didn't appreciate how fucking good this scene is when they when they call up. Um, major tom's wife it's fucking incredible like every beat of this scene it just fucking whips ass uh-huh they call up major tom's wife the uh this shrieking ghost man 
and uh, Hank is like, oh, like we, we gotta talk to your husband. And she's like, oh, like Roger, he's right here, or whatever his fucking name is, Rodney. Rodney, and then it's like, no, no, Mrs. Tom, like like this one over here, and then like there's not even much more explanation explanation than that. They hand over the little like communicator to the ghost, and she's like. This Tom, this is your wife. You're dead now. You have to let go. <laughs> you just, <laughs> honey, like you're yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. The fact that she doesn't like fucking question it at all. She's just like, oh, Tom, you're dead now. Like, <laughs> I mean, she she was married to Major Tom. Spoiler. Now she's married to the action man. I think she gets it. I think yeah. that she's like, yeah, they went on dumb shit. Like so then, <laughs> while while they're talking like to each other, uh, the former uh, Mrs. Tom and Major Tom, he's not doing much talking. But then uh, this Rodney well, fucker, first he like, starts to settle down. He like it starts to work. They're like, oh shit, it's working. Yeah. Then Rodney's like, what? Give this here. And he's like, Tom. You're dead now. Your wife has moved on with me. We're married now. And then he starts <laughs> shrieking again. <laughs> and then, and then it, and, uh, it cuts to Brock swimming with the cigarette in his mouth away from the burning ship. Yeah. And then the scene um, caps off perfectly because it ha- it all happens so fast. You get from sad ghost man learning that his wife has moved on. And then Brock jumps up onto the ship, beats the shit out of him, knocks his head off, and throws his body for the edge. And I'm not kidding. It's so fast as to be ridiculous. Like, <laughs> And then the pirate captain just being like, well, we could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Most shows follow an, a structure of like, act one, you set up the stakes. You, you you know you set things in a place act two you build to a climax act three is kind of the revolution resolution from that climax as things go off the venture bros just like plays up to the climax of the funniest point and then the episode ends yeah <laughs> where brock comes on beats the shit out of a ghost throws it in the ocean we cut down to uh we cut down to dr venture who's like giving his final words in his journal entry who's like i bet my boys are gonna someday come back and try to do what i did here and if they find this recording i just want them to know that i and as he's about to say something a screaming skull pops into his head and he just yells and the episode smashes to the end credits it's incredible but luckily venture bros if you're ever watching new listeners new new viewers new fans uh, you always have to watch after the credits because there's always a fucking gold mine of a scene after the credits. Mm-hmm. And this one cuts to Rusty, who's now saved, and is just going, his eyes, cr- crazy eyes, accusing eyes. Accusing. <laughs> it's so good. And then one of the fucking pirates, like, just hands him a cup of coffee or something, and he's just like, wait, who are you? <laughs> and then Hank and Dean are, like, t- trying to convince Brock to, like, listen to the pirate captain who's just like hey can we have a ride home like i'm really sorry you know this whole pirate thing's behind us but you kind of killed steve and burned my ship so if you could just give us a lift out of here i figured we'd call it squaresies and then of course then it ends with hank and dean doing the go team venture and like putting their fingers together and then brock just going i don't know they just do that Oh, and that ends the most perfect episode of television ever created. That's the end of the Venture Bros. You could have watched it three times in the time it takes us to do a recap. <laughs> so thoughts, what do y'all think? <laughs> I have no idea how to go from this to the next part. So what what is your favorite part of the episode, I guess? I don't know. What 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 jumps out at you? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> well, my favorite part of the episode is absolutely Dean and the pirate captain interacting. The whole part yeah. is just so funny to me. Like, it's just... There's something so perfect about that pairing. Every line in that part is just so funny. Like, I've seen this episode, like, at least ten times. And I still, this time around, was, like, laughing so hard it hurt. Like, I can't mm-hmm. help it. Like, this never gets old to me. I rewatched this episode uh, twice this week in preparation for this episode, and I'm still laughing at it today and while talking <laughs> about it. I know that, like, hearing about jokes on a podcast doesn't do them justice, but this episode, I feel like every joke lands. Yeah. I don't think there's a single joke that you're kind of like, okay, I see what they were going for there. I feel like it all lands, and they're all really well delivered. I Yeah, I feel like 
at least once per season of Venture Brothers, they have just like a perfect episode where like every single joke hits exactly the way it's supposed to. Uh-huh. You know, it it wouldn't just to just to take it in a slightly different direction for a moment. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be an Orange Grove's media analysis podcast that I'm on if I didn't like compliment something extremely minute and otherwise irrelevant. Hit me. I really like the you wouldn't call it production design and animation, but like the location of like the the ship with the bunk beds that the the boys sleep in and where the conversation happens with Dean and the pirate guy. I don't know what it is about that space. I just like it a lot. It's like I'd like to hang out on that little little ship with the bunk beds and the big chair and like I would just want to be there. It looks like a cool a cool spot. I and I feel like that happens a lot in Venture Bros. I'll just randomly pick up on like a location or like a building like oh, that looks, like, neat. It's a cool space. Like, I just like some mm-hmm. of the, like, um, like background design. Yeah, they have really good, like, setting design. I, I don't, I don't remember what it's called for animation. I have the, I have, like, the Venture Bros art book, though, that has all of the, like, background art and, like, character art in it. I should have checked that for any insight for this episode. But yeah, the X2 is a very cool location in the Venture Bros. And I, I wish more episodes were set here because it's a neat, uh, just a neat boat. What a cool boat. Yeah, it's a good boat. Also, we were just looking, we were looking into trivia and I found something on the IMDb page that's fucking crazy. All right. So <laughs> this says uh, trivia. Did you know nearly all the dialogue in the first scene is taken verbatim from the David Bowie song TVC 15 Ashes to Ashes and Space Oddity? That's it. That's the wow, only trivia. Really? <laughs> I was really hoping for something there. <laughs> so. The only the only other thing in there of note, which I actually did notice on my own because I'm very cool and very observant, is that um, uh-huh. this section here says crazy credits because one of the animation directors, Kimson Albert, gets to have a nickname inserted into his credits. And it's usually uh-huh. a line or word from the preceding episode. And so this one was... Um, oh, it was fucking um, re rebort when uh, when uh, Doctor Ventures like abort mission abort, and then he says like rebort or whatever. Like that. yeah, later yeah. he's like cancel mission abort command. Yeah, rebort. Do yes. you copy? So in the credits, if you notice, like that guy's credited as Kimson Rebort Albert. One of the things I've got in here from the wiki page. That in the commentary track for the DVD, uh, several Cartoon Network executives complained about Brock's near constant smoking, and they insisted on one episode in which Brock doesn't smoke. Uh, so they did this one, which is where Brock tells Hank not to smoke, uh, and tells, and then murders two men for a cigarette using his butthole as a weapon, <laughs> and then smokes. And then smokes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is this is the response. I have a fun fact. I have a trivia fact. That want to hear my trivia fact yeah in uh june june 7th 2017 one andrew sherman said that this was his favorite television episode of all time uh-huh on twitter that, you dig it up old that tweets to cancel out. andrew with why would that be to cancel say, how did, how'd you sort that so quick i searched ghost of the sargasso on twitter to see if anything fun came up that's how I found it. And there's just me. <laughs> so I have my book open to the page on Ghosts of the Sargasso. Hell yeah. I'm reading to see if there's anything interesting. <laughs> I love this. I love it's just like us being like, hmm, do we have anything interesting to say? No, maybe <laughs> someone else does. While, while we're waiting, I'll just throw out this dumb question I was thinking about. Because I was like, thinking about how funny it is. Like, like i mean we did recap and we did offer some like you know like it's funny because the x y and z but for the most part it's just just reading jokes and so i was like if we were to have done this instead where we just like reenacted the episode who would everyone have wanted to play oh i want to play the ghost pirate i want to be dean (laughs) okay so apparently what happened with this episode was they wrote a script for it and adult swim like hated it uh And this and that like became their curse where like every time they wrote an eighth episode in a season, it would just suck. Wait, so how much huh. did the script change from the original? Uh, it sounds like the original script was like more of Dr. Venture just like monologuing and they were like, no, don't don't do that. that <laughs> well, I agree sucked. with that's them. The, that's, the, that's the weakest. That's the weakest part of the episode. One of the yeah, few times it's... that the, the people have good notes, right? Uh-huh. I was going to say that, like, like the doc stuff in this episode, you could take it out almost entirely and I wouldn't care because uh, the rest of this is so strong of just ghost pirates running around fighting ghosts. And then apparent, 
apparently when they turned in the punched up script, like Adult Swim still hated it, but they were like, no, trust us, it's good. <laughs> Okay, see, that's the... <laughs> and, then, and then when they got, like, the animated... When they got, like, the animation back, uh, the people in Adult Swim loved it. And they were like, see? I think that part of it is because half of the humor in this episode hinges on something that is written in the script as bracket ghost screams and bracket. <laughs> well, um, that and, uh, like, as we were saying, so much of why this show is so funny is in the delivery. So half of these lines on their own are not really that funny like if you're just reading the script like it's just like oh okay but then you hear it delivered and it's like absolutely hysterical this is like, the excuse i use with my editor all the time and i was like no no no, this is gonna be funny someone else is gonna make this funny <laughs> trust me if you get a funny person to say this it'll sound great <laughs> well it's the creators is it the creator the writers who do the voices is that what you were saying? Uh, yeah. yeah, one of the writers does a lot of the voices. See, that's the thing. When you're the person who's going to do it, you can do it. And you know what it's going to sound. You know, They're like, just like you in can... the editor's meeting, like, mm-hmm. no, it's going to sound like this. And like doing the pirate voice. Like... And then you're like, yeah, I do the whole pitch for the episode. No, you see, it's going to be hilarious. Like, I can't do it. That, that can't like, say hilarious like, in a pirate this... voice. They're like, go back and redo this whole script. And they go, 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 go wow, no way. <laughs> 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 How many times can I get that one in? Yeah, after every fact. What? Wow. No way. Wow, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Chris, one thing I wanted to point out for you, um, a lot of the uh, lines from the opening scene are taken directly from David Bowie songs. <laughs> what? Wow, no way. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> Honey, Tom, hun, ton, honey, whoa, <laughs> what'd I just say? Tom, honey, this joke is dead now. You have to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the first oh. episode that the original Team Venture appears in. It is. I'm, I'm yeah, this is. Uh... And they made up Action Man, like, specifically so that they could get the joke in. That is it's... so funny. I didn't realize until I was reading the uh, the recap that Action Man is named after that David Bowie song. Uh-huh. It's like directly because they wanted to make an extra David Bowie reference that wasn't just we named a character Major Tom and had him repeat lines. And they're like, well, he says it's from the Action Man, so I guess that's this guy's name. Rodney, he'll never show back up. And then he like becomes a recurring character. <laughs> well, so uh-huh. does the pirate, ghost pirate captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when he showed back up, I was like, "Wow, no way!" <laughs> Wait, isn't isn't David Bowie also a character in Venture Bros? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, he is, and I don't want to say any more about Oops. it. Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that just makes it so much funnier, though. Uh huh. I like the idea that David Bowie just uh, David Bowie character heard that heard about that story and was like, "That's perfect. I've got it." I've got something here. <laughs> so anyway, everyone is listening. If you didn't watch the episode beforehand, like I warned you, still watch it because it's fucking funny. And it's funnier than we're uh-huh. doing it. Like, we're all pretty funny people, I think. I but know. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe. I know. I know that it's, you know, God, I hope that when everyone is listening to this who hadn't watched the episode, listens to it, gets to the what, no way part, and is still like, yeah, they're right. That was actually the funniest line in all of humankind. Like, what a perfect line <laughs> read. It's like, it's just like hard to explain why it's funny because it's such like a simple line of dialogue. Uh-huh. I did a bit of voice acting for a project that'll see the light of day soon, and getting a line nailed in a way that you think is good is a lot harder than you give it credit for yes and the ability to say like wow okay i just like we nailed a line that is just uh three sounds essentially is uh, a very just wow no way but like uh <laughs> it's just a it's so hard to do but like i can't believe that they were able to like I don't know how you explain to an actor that you want them to make a noise in the right way. I guess it helps when you're the writer, but like to be able to nail that and get that onto uh, audio recording tape and say like, perfect, we got a perfect cartoon episode uh, has got to feel really good. I almost just like mansplained directing techniques to you. And I'm so glad I didn't do that. <laughs> just like interrupting <laughs> this fun time. To be like, Oh, Andrew, how you do that is this. It's like, no one gives a fuck is it about mansplaining that. Is if it's a man to again. a man? That's a great like, question. I yeah, don't can think I get mansplained too? Then it's no. bro-splaining. Shit, do I get to play the mansplain card? 
my deck gets more powerful by the day. Put me in Yu-Gi-Oh! What are the creators... <laughs> do we know what the creators say about this episode at all? They do a commentary track on that episode, and I think that anything that they would say would be in that yeah. episode. Yeah, and, in I, the, and uh, in the stuff book. I just read out of the book, yeah. I was going to say, do they, they, don't, they don't say anything about realizing that they wrote God's perfect episode? No. <laughs> they, they mostly were talking about how they wrote kind of a bad script, because it was like... The the last half of the season is always the time where they're like producing the episodes as they're also writing the scripts for the back half of the season. Uh-huh. So they were like, "Yeah, episode eight is always like our worst episode because it's like Isn't right when we start producing it." Episode seven. This the book says it's episode eight, but they might be counting the pilot as an episode. They're probably including the pilot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. And and they were like, yeah, we wrote this script like while we were trying to produce other episodes, and like adults have told us just to like rewrite the entire thing from the beginning. So apparently, the script for this went through like three or four revisions, and then like Adult Swim still thought it was dog shit until the animation came back, and they were like, oh no, this is like maybe our favorite episode of the bunch. It's so wild that they they wrote one episode executives were like this is bad and then they took it back to the lab and rewrote what i think is just an, and it, we've all said it a perfect episode uh and then they put it back and they were like this is still bad and they were like i really think you should see this one edited i think we got it and they were right on the rewrite being perfect i'm looking through other seasons episode eights season two is fallen arches the one where uh the order of the triad is formed the monarch puts a prostitute through a uh, treacherous maze in the cocoon. So maybe they have something about episode eight being terrible in their seasons. Season three is Tears of a Sea Cow. So they might be onto something. I didn't realize who James Urbank was by name and by face, like, together until literally just now. Like, I knew that guy by his face and I didn't know his name and I knew his name and I didn't know what went with his face. So I'm just putting mm-hmm. his uh, live action work and his voice acting work together in my brain now. And it is <laughs> throwing me off. Sorry, just very distracted by that. Because like he's in, obviously, The Office and he's in Review, which I don't know if y'all watch that show. I've seen a couple episodes, but not I love much. I love Review so Review much. Review is so fucking good. It's Thank so you, Mark. Fucking good. I never finished it, but the Pancakes Divorce Pancakes is also in my top ten episodes of anything ever. <laughs> Pancakes Divorce Pancakes is just like a perfect episode of television. <laughs> if anyone wants to listen to a podcast where it's just Marn and I discussing Pancakes Divorce Pancakes, tune in <laughs> next week. Is it better than Ghosts of the Sargasso? Ooh. <sighs> In my think, top ten list, I think it might be. I think it is. It's true. It it's like it actually might be the funniest thing I've ever watched. Like Chris, we're canceling Zoid's night. It's time to go watch review. <laughs> oh damn it! Specifically, pancakes divorce yeah, pancakes. That's like the episode that I I use to get people. That's into a, this absolutely. Show. But then it is again. It's like you, Chris. You're saying you shouldn't peak in episode seven. What about episode what? Is it two or three? Like, I think it's episode three. I think it's episode three. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's... so good. Anyway, so on that note, don't watch Venture Bros. Go watch Pancakes Divorce Pancakes. (laughs) Um, I mean, like, so the the premise of the show is that, like, the the host who's played by Andy Daly, like, will review any life experience that, like, people send into the show. And, like, the setup for this episode the first one is, what's it like to eat 15 pancakes? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, what's it like to get a divorce? <laughs> and then, okay, but it's also great. Okay, so similar to this show, it's it's very funny in the delivery and the timing and the whatever. So like the first one is like, has this really long explanation. It's like, you know, whenever you get a box of pancakes, it tells you like how to make 15 pancakes. Who even eats 15 pancakes? What's it even like to eat 15 pancakes? It's like this long explanation. And then the next one is just like some, like some lady going, what's it like to get a divorce? And that's the whole question. And then the third one is, what's it like to eat 30 pancakes? <laughs> it's perfect. 
Stand-up comedy. I, I think of the delivery of when he's talking to his wife, trying to explain why he wants a divorce. I Enough of being divor- married. <laughs> yeah. I, I think of that line all the time. When his wife is like trying to get him to explain why he wants a divorce, and he's like, just enough of being married. (laughs) Chris, if we ever get married and divorced, and that's not how it goes, I won't divorce you. We've mentioned two shows that are definitively better than King of the Hill. Uh, We've officially put King of the Hill into the dirt. The show is dead. We don't need any more of it. Uh, Does anyone have any final thoughts on the episode i guess go watch it if you didn't already and then watch it again and then get high and watch it once more (laughs) hell yeah that works for me (laughs) um i think (laughs) go Go team venture (laughs) doing that all the ones is so hard anyway hell yeah (laughs) I think something we might have to legitimately get prepared for is the idea that that Joe actually does take this back and be like, you have to do this again. (laughs) It's just, you're rambling about other television shows and random other episodes. You're just saying the jokes again. You're just laughing about the same thing. Also, he grabs him with his asshole. (laughs) (laughs) 